Good morning, this is Bryce Peterson, and this is episode number eight, A Tale of Two Buses. Have you ever participated in Trek? Well, until four years ago, I had not participated in Trek. And for anyone who's never heard of it, it's where a group of teenagers and adult leaders get together and put on some pioneer-esque attire and spend three or four days walking around pulling handcarts in a small way reenacting the Mormon pioneer trail and what and what those people kind of honoring what those people went through to come out west. I used to think that Trek was kind of stupid. I used to think that. I had not been on it, as I stated. I'd hear about this happening and would make comments like, how could, this is almost an insult that we would do this because this doesn't approximate in any way, shape, or form what the pioneers went through. If I was one of those pioneers, deceased, looking onward, knowing that people were doing this, I would be offended that that this was happening because you can't even you can't even touch the experience that they had and so these these were my these were my thoughts about Trek. I had certain feelings that came from them. I was I was above Trek. I thought it should be done away with. Again, not ever having participated. We do that sometimes. We have opinions about things that we do not understand. Well, the universe has its way sometimes of teaching us things in a subtle or maybe even overt manner. Brittany and I were prevailed upon to participate in Trek and be a ma and pa, one of the little family family group leaders. And ultimately, we were asked to be the head ma and pa for our group of folks that were going to go onto the bus. So a number of meetings and so forth occur prior to going on Trek, all of which I kind of gritted my teeth through. But the day came and we're getting on the bus. It's a rather old-looking bus. We just got done saying a prayer as, a, as an entire group as we get ready to depart, pray for a safe journey and those kinds of things. And as we load up on the bus, Brittany and I are sitting up in the front. We've, we've been asked to be the, the head mon pa for this group. The bus driver, mid-50s, short brown hair, she says, hey, kind of kind of jokingly, you know, hey, do you think there's any way we could say a prayer? For this bus, it's it's kind of old, and I kind of wonder, you know, gonna make it. <laughs> and I I didn't think she was completely serious, and I I said, well, you know, we just barely said a prayer and prayed for a safe journey, so I don't think we're gonna need to do that. It's fine. That that prayer should should cover us. And she was like, okay, if you say so. So we start heading along our merry way. As we come up on the I-215 freeway, and we're heading east, and, and then we start heading up north, we're going up into Wyoming, 
that's where we're heading. And as we're on the east bench of the Salt Lake Valley, I look at everything and I, and I've got access to a microphone. And so over the course of the trip, we're making some, some comments over the microphone, kind of set the mood, you know, for the journey. And I make some comments and about how if it weren't for those pioneers, we wouldn't see any of the, the population that we see now. It's kind of settling in on me, you know, this is quite the scene. When they got here, there was nothing. About four, how long would it have been? About 45 minutes to an hour, maybe. Maybe a tad bit longer than that into the journey. And we're out in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming at this point. It's mid-90 degrees outside. No shade of any kind around. And the bus driver pulls over on the side of the road. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Of course, the thought crosses my mind. <laughs> Well, maybe we should have prayed about this. You know, the bus driver tipped us off. We, Brittany and I were the only ones to be aware of her having asked to say a prayer. And I was the one that opened my fat mouth and said we didn't need one because we just had one with everybody else. But that aside, had some bigger fish to fry. Oh, and, and believe me, we prayed as soon as we pulled over and knew we were going to need the help. So one thing, it just went from bad to worse for a little while, because you know, here we are, middle of nowhere. We have to find these safety triangles that we're supposed to put out to alert other drivers. And it's, it's the law that if you're pulled over in a big old bus, you got to put out these orange triangles. Well, this bus didn't have any. We were yanking luggage out left, right, and center, trying to find these orange triangles. The bus driver insisted we had to get them out, and there were none. So we've got all the luggage pulled out trying to find these triangles. So we took a couple of coolers that we had, and we had some orange duct tape with us because the different families had their own color of duct tape on their little buckets that everybody was carrying there personal belongings and buckets and so someone had orange so we used the orange duct tape put a big orange triangle on the back of the bus and then we used some coolers to put orange triangles on so we, we got the orange triangle checkbox marked as per direction from the bus driver and then she's working to get a hold of her dispatch team to get some help out to fix the bus. Another fun story, or part of this story, is that the bathroom on this bus, we were told, don't, if you gotta go number two, don't bother because it doesn't work and we're gonna be smelling that all the way to our destination. So we had that going for us. So as we are just in a bit of a frantic mess in this situation. Don't know how long it's going to be. The, the teenagers are getting restless. You know, we're all kind of hoping for the best, of course. Not sure how it's all going to go down. In due course, there is this other bus that shows up. It, it passes, us, passes us by going the opposite way and then finds an exit and pulled up onto a parallel road to the one we were on that was maybe of a quarter of a mile walk. Maybe it wasn't quite that far. It was probably less. Uh, this tall, 
sandy blonde haired gentleman looking like in his mid 40s or so real pleasant fellow nice uniform uh, very nice bus too by the way that at least from the outside we could see and he approaches us and starts talking to us and trying to figure out what's going on and what can he do to help we learn that he is available with his bus we were in process of finding out oh it might be about an hour and a half or so before they can get someone out to attempt to fix the bus that we're in the decision is made you know what let's go ahead and get everybody transferred over to this other bus because it seems like a better way out of the situation we don't even know if the bus can be fixed that we're in if it might require more extensive repairs who knows and we're already delayed so the decision was made to to contract with this this other gentleman's bus company and and he was going to take us so we hauled all the luggage from where we were put it on to his bus we all load up in there and that thing is super nice it it's like less than a year old the ac was working really well and guess what the bathroom worked too and it smelled good it was just such a, a relief. We we go on our way. The rest of the way, we're being taken this brand new bus. We were rescued out of the middle of nowhere. And this, this new bus driver, he proceeds to tell us that right after he dropped off the tourists that, that he had with him at the airport, and he was driving to, I think, to home base for that bus, he was saying a prayer he said that hey you know i've got this empty bus i'd sure love to be able to find someone who needs me and then he sees us and was able to assist and intervene and and make it so we could have a safe journey the rest of the way a safe pleasant journey we were singing songs on the bus on the for the remainder of the way and just talking with this driver and you know, we we came to learn we were explaining kind of what we were about to to him as as we're going and learned that he's a Christian man of another denomination and he seemed rather delighted to learn what we were doing and and got on the the intercom of the bus and said he he really appreciated what we were about and what we were doing with 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 this whole trek experience and was grateful to be a part of it I really just couldn't help but think how this was this was a very similar kind of thing going on to what Christ has done for all of us. He was in a position to help people and was on the lookout for the opportunity to do that. He intervened on our behalf and all we have to do is get in the bus. We get on the bus together with him and he will take us safely to our destination this was such a powerful beginning to the trek experience for us and from there that powerful feeling just continued and as we went to different stops and different places um, a, a couple of the, th the things that stood out to me stories that we heard we went to martin's cove as we may be aware and may recall, the Martin and Willie Handcart companies got started late in the season 
doing the best they could, but got started late. They didn't want to wait anymore till the next year and, and wanted to get going. And it was an early winter. And in Martin's Cove, people were asked to, they were trying to avoid this massive uh, windstorm that was going on. So they were trying to get in in this little nook of, of this mountain to try to get some version of protection. And some men were asked to go gather wood for a fire. The ones who did were, were moving their body and it just kept, kept going. So it was able to keep their body alive better because of creating the heat despite their exhaustion. Some who didn't listen to that call and that didn't heed that instruction from their leaders didn't make it. It just made me think about how sometimes we're in a situation where all we can do is put one foot in front of the other, and that, that's all we can really focus on. Another story that really stood out to me was at the top of this, of this long ascent. We, were, you know, we drove there lucky us but we're looking down this this ascent and there were there was a plaque of people with their names up there and one of them was a a young man who at the time would have been about nine years old or so and he had been asked by his mom your job is to take care of your little sister and make it up this make it up this hill because she had to focus on younger children and getting up the hill and he helped his little sister get to the very top of that hill. I don't know how long exactly it took him and all the all the snow and the wind to get up there. But once they got up there, he sat down against a wagon wheel and passed away. These people made such vivid and real sacrifices. It was a much different time than the one in which we live, but regardless of where we're living, regardless of what our circumstances are, all of us have the opportunity to make real sacrifices, impactful sacrifices on behalf of our fellow brothers and sisters. That Trek experience changed my life in significant ways. It prepared me spiritually for challenges that were to come in the following years. As you can imagine, I have a much different opinion about Trek now. I have an enhanced understanding of prayer and what prayer can do. If someone recommends to me that we ought to say a prayer before we go on a bus ride, you can guarantee I'll be the first one to volunteer. That's it for now.